Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Call me old, uh, I guess, because I am. But uh, it's not just that. Uh, this this weekend in lovely Los Angeles, it's probably empty of Instagrammers and uh, influencers because they're all they were all out at Coachella last weekend and they're all going out to Coachella again next weekend. Uh, it's the first Coachella in, what, three years because of pandemic canceled two of them and now it's back and boy i used to go to coachella jason i i went for the first 10 odd years of coachella and uh i'm not sure what it is anymore nobody seems to really know there's been a lot of reviews about it uh, apparently it's just a an influencer jerk fest that's all it is now it's not about the music anymore there's lots of articles coming out about it how the music is completely secondary but again call me old-fashioned but when i used to go to a music festival it was about the music jason yeah well you know times change <laughs> times yep. change and i'm out i'm out that's all i'm saying whatever culture has emerged from this pandemic i'm I'm done with it i'm out it just sounds like coachella has turned into burning man but Pretty with tunes much. yeah okay it's closer yeah. probably easier <laughs> to get tickets too yeah, and you there's can shower. You know, porta potties. Yeah, yeah. You can go back to your Airbnb. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Have you ever heard of the Revolve Festival, though? It's the festival within the festival, apparently. That's what I've heard uh, from from the news that has come out, calling it the Firefest Two. I'd never <laughs> heard of it because I'm I'm apparently not an influencer of stature. Yeah. So uh, it doesn't sound like it was that bad, honestly. Calling this Fire Festival Two might be a little hyperbolic. I would yes. say. Yes. I um. It was a very comfortable fire fest. <laughs> from yeah, all yeah, okay. Some people had to wait outside, and it was hot, and they yeah. ran out of water because okay. it's well, fire in festival the went desert. to an island. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, like you know, you didn't have to take a plane. Well, I guess some people, you know, but local Los Angelinos. It wasn't like they were on an island. Let's just put it that way. These other people were on an island. <laughs> These people could leave. Yes, they could leave. They could go to a restaurant. They weren't uh, fighting for food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There were no... I didn't see anybody Instagramming any cheese sandwiches for yeah. this one. They were okay. So, I, I'm yeah. sorry that influencers had a few moments of hardship in the desert heat. Yeah, but you know what that is, Brian? You know what we hmm. call that? We call that a grammable moment. Right. <laughs> That's exactly what that is. That's content, Brian. That yeah. is content. It was funny because I one of the f most hilarious things that I saw was a it was like a, a shot of the polo grounds at Coachella and it was a you know the the sun was setting so it was the you know the, the beautiful light and absolutely mm -hmm. it was just a sea of, of people posing with their cameras taking selfies oh in in the you know the beautiful magic hour light and it was like <laughs> oh my like oh my god when I was going to Coachella at that point I was like stumbling towards a beer tent what's wrong with you people. Uh, they have better drugs. That's why that's true. <laughs> they skip the beer. <laughs> they just skip the beer. It's not good for their Instagrammable bodies. That's yeah. for sure. Um, I, I have to say that I have been, uh, <laughs> I've been a little stunned this week. I did the Twitter customer support thing. Mm -hmm. 
I bitched about something basically. Right. Yeah. I bitched about a product. So I've uh, I've had a couple of eight sleep beds. We've joked about that my you know my yes. bed has a eula yes. <laughs> on it. <laughs> well, the second one, the, the first one, the top popped and they wouldn't replace it. They're like, yeah, suck it up, you're done. It was free and it's out of warranty. Uh, so I'm like, okay, whatever. And then I still had a spare, so I've been using the spare. And then the spare popped, so I had to I had to moan about it. And I'm like, oh man, my smart bed is dead. Mm-hmm. You know, long live the long live the moist memory foam uh, slab <laughs> that it left in its wake. Because there's nothing worse than one of these smart beds popping, because it, they usually pop underneath, and then just the water soaks into your memory foam, and it's okay. just like, oh, game over, game right. over. Um, so I tweeted these guys, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one guy from Eight Sleep wrote me back. He's like, "Hey, send me your email address, or send, drop me an email. Here's my email address." I'm like, "Yeah, sure." New guy, what's he gonna know? <laughs> drop him an email. He cc's me and uh, asked, like, you know, how I got the bed because I said it was a gift from Eight Sleep, and I told him. And then he brought on the head of customer service for Eight Sleep, who's like, "We got you. What's your address?" I'm like, "No way. It works." This this influencer podcasting thing still gets me some free stuff. Okay, not an invite to Revolve Festival, but you know you take the good with the bad. That's yeah, at least you got a bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I thought of you when I was writing that tweet. I, I want you to know that there's a, that's why I'm bringing this up. I was thinking of you when I wrote this tweet. I'm like, motherfuckers, right? This is the only way to get anything done. It is. You can you can call uh, numbers on websites. You can send uh, blind emails to support at whatevercompany.com and nothing will happen. But you uh, you tweet someone, you, you tweet a company. That is the only remaining customer service there is. It's it's amazing. I will tell you though that there is one company that is 100 percent impervious to your tweets. And that, of course, Twitter. is AT&T. AT and <laughs> no, well, Twitter, too. Yeah, forget that. Actually, most companies nowadays, but uh, anybody that uh, you want to get a hold of. But AT&T, forget it. I got. To, I am now, Brian, I'm a gagillionaire. Are you? You've heard those god-awful commercials. I got fiber yesterday mm-hmm. to, to my lovely garage, since this is where the magic happens, and I needed some speed. That uh, 200 down, 20 up was not cutting it anymore. So now I, I, I clocked it in yesterday, 700 up, 700 down. Now, now hang on a I'll second. I, I'm a little confused here, Jason. Um, yes. Cast back our mind to just even last episode when you started paying uh, good money for an actual office not in your home. Correct. I have both. There's a reason for this. <laughs> the office, I can't record in. I can I can basically do no recordings in that office. That office is for business and meetings and editing and going heads down. That is my home away from home. Uh, it's it's my CGP gray fortress of solitude, as it were. Uh, but I can't record there because there's a million people. It's an office building. I have a glass wall, so I record at home. So okay. I've been reworking my my uh, home studio after the realization that I could not record it at the office. <laughs> Um, so, uh, in apps and doodads, you'll hear about a bevy of new gear that I got to facilitate the change. So right. that's why, um, and I, honestly, the AT&T thing, that was just a happenstance. My roommate went to the AT&T store and they, they conned her into buying AT&T internet, which I was okay with because right. it's faster and it's the same exact price. But here's the problem. The install guy got here, put it in, took him two hours. He was about an hour late. And when he was done, there was nothing he could do to activate the account. He's like, bro, he literally said to me, bro, bro, I'm sorry. 
you're going to have to get on the phone. And I'm like, no, he's like, no. yeah, man. He's like, yeah, <laughs> you're going to have I'm to get really, on the phone. really sorry. <laughs> he, he was so, he knew what was going to happen and he was just apologizing. I'm like, so you come here on a fresh install, put in the internet and I have to call customer support because you can't make it work. I'm like, this is the start of a great relationship. <laughs> he just, <laughs> he just lost it. He started busting up. So I'm sure he gets it all day finest. long. <laughs> yep. So I get on the phone to the AT&T customer support. They send me to India, of course. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Brian, I have gotten to the point now where I, I can surf the, the waves of Indian customer support like a master. It starts out with a half an hour before you call, you find that bottle of feels and you <laughs> slam a huge amount of CBD because you know you're going to get angry. You know you're going to get angry. Yes. When and you're I got speaking angry. to Christopher in India. Uh, no, I was speaking to Natalie. Oh, Natalie. Okay. Yes, she was, uh, uh, she told me at one point to find the three buttons in my browser to click on that so I can delete my cookies or uh, um, kill my cookies and delete my, uh, was it, uh, kache. I have to delete my kache. <laughs> yes, I have to kill my, or, yeah, delete my cookies and kill my kache. I would love to so. be there at the beginning of the day when they hand out your white person name for the day. I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> And she forgot, she had to be new because she was just going from the script. And I'm like, okay, you're going to stop there. I'm not going to do the next four things you ask me to do. Tell me the last thing on that list before the next action item. And she, she got, she got in the groove and she started skipping the little things I told her. I'm like, my browser doesn't have three dots on it. So I don't know what you're talking about. So let's skip that whole thing. And I just was very nice about it, but very firm. I'm like, I am not going to do that. We're going to move on. And she took it. Like most of them were like, sir, please, management makes me do this. But she went along with it, took a half an hour longer when they finally got a manager on that just clicked the button that said activate account instead of me going back and forth for another (laughs) two hours. I'm like, you know, the install guy that was here, he could have done that too. And just said, would you just click the fucking button, man? I got to go somewhere. But yeah, I'm now a gillionaire with a smart bed with a EULA. Congratulations. Live in the high life. In the news. In the pandemic's over news, uh, Uber and Lyft have dropped any mask requirements for U.S. drivers and passengers, uh, airlines as well. Uh, Basically, all public transit is basically now that a federal judge, of course, in Florida, overturned a federal (laughs) mandate for masks aboard public transportation. That is that's it. Everybody's dropping it. Done. Uh, CDC is saying you should probably still do that, but you no, know, it's you YOLO, I guess, uh, you know, <laughs> YOLO. Um, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't even, I mean, for me, like now, you know, I'm vaxxed up as vaxxed as vax can be until they tell us we should get our second booster, uh, had COVID. Um, oh, you can't get the second <laughs> booster up there yet? No, not yet. Uh, they're, they're holding it for the olds and high risk people right now. You know, oh, that's right. It's that whole public health thing. Yeah. Oh no, I'm 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 legally accessible to get my second booster, and everybody I know down here has gotten their second booster. That's why I didn't know that you couldn't get yours yet. No, no, I have not gotten mine yet. I will. I assume I will probably get it when I come back to the states for for the summer. I'll just go and walk in and get it somewhere, or maybe they'll open it up here by then. I don't know. Uh, But it does. You know, right now since I had COVID, anyways, I'm assuming I'm all antibodied up and. 
when I'm on my plane coming back, I'll I'll look down and see. Uh, have we entered U.S. airspace yet? And then whip off my mask. I, I don't know how that actually <laughs> works, but we'll see. So yeah, it's uh, you don't have to do it anywhere now, I guess, and that's that. Yay! I haven't seen a mask around here in a long time. Uh, I still wear mine on public transport here, uh, and I do wear it if I just go into a shop. I, I don't know why. I guess it's, mm-hmm. it's a two years of habit at this point. <laughs> uh, I'll probably, I don't know. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Nobody knows what they're doing anymore. I know. It was the peer pressure here. It's like, I felt, it's, it's funny. I actually felt weird wearing a mask going in now. It's like, <laughs> hmm. Yeah, you're the odd Okay, how out. the tables have turned. <laughs> you're like Florida man walking around in your mask. Yeah, I still keep them on me though. So, you know. Just in case. I'm ready to go back because, you know, wave 17 is on its way after Coachella. (laughs) It's coming. I'm just watching the numbers. Yep. I I saw the numbers were definitely going up in the U.S. again, but whatever. It is what it is. That's it. That's it. That's why I want Fauci up there. I want Fauci in a Coachella outfit going, YOLO, bitches. (laughs) Be done with it. Um, Something we can be done with for a little while, at least now, is this damn argument about is it legal to scrape a website if the website's public? Yep. We've been going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And we finally have, we finally have uh, some news in a landmark ruling by the U.S. Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's okay. You're okay. good. Yeah. You're if fine. something's public, you can scrape it. That doesn't mean you own it. Correct. But you can scrape it. Pinterest, mm-hmm. I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> Pinterest. <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah this comes down to this uh lawsuit from uh from linkedin against a company called haiku haiku mm-hmm. labs yeah. uh, and what they did was they would take uh linkedin data and then just do permutations on it to do you know just kind of aggregation on who's leaving who what you know average yeah. uh salaries are and is this person a good buy or you know it's basically like the kelly's blue book of employees right um so they would take the data and then do stuff and sell that there their data on it mm-hmm. and uh, linkedin said no 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 you can't do that well the court said screw you guys i'm and, going uh, home yep yeah uh we have some instagram news they have enabled product tagging for everyone in the u.s uh yeah you can now tag products in your feed uh this had been limited to brands and of course some influencers before but now anybody can do it which makes again i'm old i know that but why 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 would you want to? You don't get a cut. Sales. They may, they may add that at some point, but right now you can just tag things and there's there's no affiliate stuff, there's no cut of sales, there's nothing. You can just tag to help support your favorite businesses. Well, I'm sure that if if it's open to influencers, they're tagging the in the you know, the companies that pay them. So I'm guessing influencers probably hate it because it's something else they have to do. And it's probably another vector for tracking for brands, oh, which yeah, I'm sure that this is what this is all about. Yes. Um, so the influencers are probably going to have to be more performant on their posts, which will probably make them, uh, I don't know, <laughs> less Lambo, you know? <laughs> yeah, so. I, I don't get it. Any In the same way that even when I was growing up, I didn't get like, why am I paying Nike to wear a shirt that says Nike? Just do it, Brian. Just do they it. just say it yep. right there. Just yep. do it. Yep. Just do it. <laughs> they got you. They got and uh, there's something in the water. Apparently some unionization has gotten into the water, particularly in New York, uh, after we had some Amazon, one Amazon uh, place actually unionized. Now Apple Store employees are attempting to form a union at the company's flagship Grand Central Terminal location in New York City. They want the tech giant to pay workers at least 30 bucks an hour. 
30 bucks an hour for retail. That's not that's bad. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> yeah. impressive. Uh, you know, you think Apple and you go, oh, yeah, of course, Apple employees should be, be getting 30 bucks an hour. But the retail employees? Really? Hmm. 30 bucks an hour. Hmm. That's well, actually good luck with that. pretty that's not bad money if you can get it. No, I you know? might. You know, I might pick up a side hustle here. I was going to say that the mall is not far from me. So <laughs> I do like the the name of the group leading the effort, uh, the Fruit Stand Workers United, since it's Apple. That <laughs> seems to make sense to me. Uh, for pay, we seek a minimum $30 for all workers built up on a matrix based on role, tenure and performance. The group said for benefits, we'd like to see more robust changes like increased tuition reimbursement, faster accrued and more vacation time and better retirement options, including higher match rates for 401k and enrollment in pension plans. I never had a 401k or a pension plan whenever I worked retail. Hell no. <laughs> I made minimum wage from what I recall. Now, not I'm not saying we should. That's that's what people should be getting. But I mean, this seems plush for a retail yeah. position. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. Like, uh, guys, you might want to slow your roll a little bit there, you know? It's it's wow. impressive. It's definitely impressive. It is impressive. Yeah, so. you know, I mean, there, there's a reason that Apple is, you know, the most profitable company in the world, and it's not because they're paying your ass thirty bucks an hour. So don't hold your breath, buddy. Yeah. Well, I'll follow yeah. that Ask one. Epic. I'm, I'm I'm interested, but I mean, maybe this is come comes from the school of Ask High. Settle somewhere in the middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could be, could be. Yeah. But you know, they see that thirty percent. Uh, on the app store, so they think thirty dollars, thirty percent. I see the crossover. Okay. I see the crossover. Well. So I might go uh, apply for one of these jobs, particularly given my losses with Netflix stock in the last day or two. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Netflix oh. Is, is a bit of a punching bag on the stock market right now after their earnings call where they, for the first time ever, announced that they had lost some subscribers and expect to lose quite a bit more over the next year or two. Uh, again, this is not surprising. Once you have... Once you have everybody in the world subscribing to your service, there's nowhere else to go except yeah. down. Um, but that's the way the stock market works. So that's that is what it is. So, uh, yeah, it's taken a beating right now. Uh, personally, I'd buy more right now because I don't think Netflix yeah. is going to go away. Uh, oh, they, God, certainly, no. yeah. they certainly have some problems with their content. It's it's kind of a little crap. It's harder to find good stuff. They've, they've had some misses recently. They haven't had must watch shows since Squid Games, which, again, the world moves so fast now. Squid Games was only a few months ago, people. <laughs> hey, hey, the first first half of Ozark was in there. The first half of the last season of Ozark was in there. So that had yep. to give them a little bit of a bump. So uh, one of the things that they're looking into right now uh, in order to kind of scramble and get some people to, you know, subscribe again, obviously, uh, they're going to try to crack, crack down on uh, subscription sharing because they say that while there are 222 million households uh, paying for Netflix, over 100 million more are sharing their accounts, so they're losing out on a lot of subscribers there. Not too surprising. Uh, and they're also looking into basically doing a free ad-based version, a la every other media company, like Spotify and things like that. So that might help uh, bring in some money and, uh, and bolster the company. We'll see what happens with that. You know, I mean, much like if you're going to take that page out of Spotify's playbook, you should also just do a family plan. And uh, help nip some. Again, if it's easy, we don't cheat. If you make it easy for us to share our Netflix with our friends and family, we will pay you for that, as opposed to just doing it illegally. Yeah, which actually I do. I actually do that because I get I get an extra seat, and a friend of mine splits the cost with me on mm -hmm. my bill, and it works out. Yeah, 
I mean, and again, it, it's because because you big media have decided to nickel and dime us with 10 million different subscription services. This is the mm-hmm. way that we, you know, that's m- what my family does, like with my little family unit here in Toronto. You know, my sister-in-law pays for Netflix. I use her Netflix. I pay for Disney Plus. She uses our Disney Plus. That's <laughs> otherwise I'm subscribing to how many services? It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I do some, you know, some horse trading here and there to do the same thing. And I still have more services than I could, you know, ever want. Or oh, that reminds need. me, I have to cancel <laughs> Showtime. See, I have to I have to check my calendars because now that Billions is over forever. <laughs> Steaming pilot. See, crap. again, uh, tip to the wise, put it in your in whatever calendar system you, you use, put in your uh, subscription end dates. So, you know, yeah, you know you what? Yeah, I think there's another show that uh, we were watching that just turned out to be shit, but that's what I timed it on, and I forgot to adjust to the, the end time <laughs> when I took that show out. Uh, uh, streaming. Did we not predict it? Did we not predict <laughs> it? Uh, and I saw this one. Uh, this was over at Science Alert! And uh, the, 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 it caught me. The, the headline caught me. An ancient Namibian stone could hold the key to unlocking quantum computers. And I'm like, ooh, is this like, you know, National Treasure 3? This sounds like a plot, <laughs> plot line. Yep. Um, and I just want to say that I understood literally nothing in this article. <laughs> it was the, at the end, it, said, it has this great sentence that I just love. The sentence is, these results paved the way towards realizing strongly interacting exciton polaritons and exploring strongly correlated phases of matter using light on a chip. I have no fucking idea what that means. I feel stupid, but I'm excited for the movie. I can't wait for the sequel. Bring it uh, on. I, I can't believe you're not up to date on your Rydberg polaritons and your cuprous oxide crystals from ancient deposits. Now, it seems to me <laughs> we probably shouldn't be basing uh, key technology on something that is admit- admittedly incredibly <laughs> rare. I'm just saying. Well, they got to try. I mean, okay. come on. Then, right. well, you know, ho- hopefully they'll figure out how to make it in a lab after that. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know why romancing the Namibian stone keeps coming to mind, but... Oh, oh my god, I'm so going to go. That was a great movie and actually the, the the theme song is fantastic, which I'm totally going to listen to as soon as we're done recording. What was the theme song? I can't remember. It. Romancing the Stone, man. You know, this is back in the day when they didn't come up with fancy titles. The theme song was the name of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I've got okay. to look up who it was done by, but it's actually a really great song. Eddie Grant. All right. Eddie Grant of Electric Avenue, Eddie Grant? Yes, Eddie Grant of Electric Avenue did Romancing the Stone theme song, and it is phenomenal. It's a great track. I highly recommend you go listen to it right now. Today's episode is sponsored by Private Internet Access, America's number one virtual private network, also known as a VPN. Even if you use incognito mode, your internet service provider is storing your browsing data and many times even selling it. But Private Internet Access, or PIA, can help. PIA encrypts and reroutes your internet traffic through one of its own servers, hiding your data from your internet service provider or network admin. And with servers in over 75 countries, you can get unrestricted access to geoblock content around the world. PIA comes with an easy-to-use app and browser extensions for all devices, a rock-solid privacy policy, open source security, advanced customization settings, and it was just ranked the fastest VPN in the world by PCMag. If you sign up with PIA right now, you can take advantage of a special deal only for GOG listeners. By using our link, gog.show slash VPN, 
you can get complete digital privacy for less than $2 a month and four extra months for free, which means only $1.98 a month and up to 83% off. That's so much more inexpensive than virtually every other VPN on the market. And if you get it right now, you can take PIA's 30-day risk-free challenge. You can try it out for 30 days and see if you like it. If not, just return it for a full refund. So go to gog.show slash VPN and try out the best VPN on the planet completely risk-free. That's gog.show slash VPN. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Media Candy. And I'm back from enjoying that fine track from Eddie Grant. Traffic on the tens. Never uh, leaving my poor heart alone. <laughs> I can totally hear it in my head. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so last night I sat down uh, and uh, hunkered down to watch The Batman, since it is now streaming. I, I saw it was on our, our maybe shared HBO account. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I almost considered watching it too. How was it? I got 45 seconds past the credits. Oh boy. It, and I noticed that A... It's a three-hour movie. B, it's another fucking Batman movie. I kind of know how it ends. <laughs> C, I'm a 50-year-old man who's seen every iteration of Batman done to date, and I decided in that moment that I never need to see another one. So I reclaimed that three hours of my life. You know, the real problem is that Eddie Grant did not do the theme song called The Batman. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. Exhume well, the corpse of Eddie Grant. Yeah, I was on the fence anyways for much the same reason as you, and I, even more so for me because as anybody that's been listening to the show for a long time knows, I do not give a flying F about superhero movies uh, in general. So the idea of sitting and watching yet another iteration of the Batman, uh, Batman doing anything is, is not really thrilling to me. So I, I think we'll have to leave this one. No reviews of the Batman. <laughs> yeah. And, and technically the Batman really isn't a superhero. He's just a, he's a 
douchebag billionaire with a bunch of toys. Like somebody he else is we always the, talk about in the news. He is in the hmm. League of Heroes. Uh, that's all oh, that's I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, I saw this this morning and I scratched my head and I'm like, oh, this is good. Obama's to leave Spotify. Seek podcast deal elsewhere. Okay. Okay. They can't keep the Obamas at Spotify. And they and uh, apparently the Obama camp was like, yeah, they were, you know, they were just tough to work with. So we're we're packing up our toys and we're going someplace else. And I'm like, what the fuck, Spotify? You can't keep Barry on on staff. You can keep Rogan. And you had well, you had the balancing of Obama and you couldn't make it work. Apparently, Spotify has drawn their line in the sand. We will take Rogan. Bye bye, Obama. <laughs> yeah, that's I, it. Yeah. Well, interesting. It is interesting. And there's a lot of these deals that are falling apart. If you've noticed, there are a lot of shows that Spotify has announced that have never come to be and the people have moved on or people have done like a year with them. And they're like, this sucks. We're out. Yep. So I think they have a talent retention problem. Having said all that, Spotify, by all means, throw money at us. <laughs> we'll stay with you forever. <laughs> and Brian, I came across a review by our friend, the critical drinker over on YouTube called Star Trek Picard. No more reviews. I'm out. Did you get a chance to watch this one? Uh, I did. What'd you think? It's hard to argue with any of his points. (laughs) This is why I have a hard time with this guy. I really like his reviews, but then I hate how I feel afterwards. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I'm hate watching Picard at this point, but it's pretty damn close. It's pretty damn close. It is Mm -hmm. pretty damn close. Hope springs eternal, but. I I despised the last episode. I, I, I can see where they're going and I don't like that either. No, uh, you know, I, I have all, all I'm holding on to for my hope anymore is seeing the entire cast minus Will Wheaton reunited next next season. That's it. Yeah. That's all I want. Yeah. Well, you're going to get it. You might want to mute it and make up the words. I don't know uh, if we're going to get it. I <laughs> what my guess is because of the actual actors, real schedules in real life. I don't think we're going to see them all together at once. Altogether. I think we'll see them sprinkled out throughout the season, which is which is even worse. You know Why? You know why? I Because I, I think you're right. When they released that everybody's going to be in it, mm-hmm. they didn't release a picture of everybody together. There nope. was no cast picture of everybody, which you knew if they t- if they had taken that. There would have been a shot been, and they would have used it. Yep. Yeah. Or maybe they're saving it, but I doubt that. They're actually I, probably nope. in the middle of Photoshopping it right now. <laughs> I, I guarantee you we're not going to see the whole cast reunited. Yeah. Too bad. Too yep. bad. But yeah, this is... This show is one of the great disappointments of 2020, too. It really is. Uh, the the excitement and giddiness when it was first announced. Um, and yeah. now the actual reality. Oh, well. So when Discovery Plus came out, you mm-hmm. told me that uh, the Food Network stuff, there was like they were way behind on the seasons. And I'm like, yep. oh, man, that sucks. And I confirmed it because I am a Discovery Plus subscriber. Yeah. And by the way, it is the best deal of all the subscription services that we've got. We spend more time watching that than anything else, and it's the <laughs> cheapest of the bunch. Yeah. Although we'll see how that's going to work out after this big merger. But um, they've get they've been getting a lot better. They've actually been getting better, and I wanted to let you know. Um, no. They just had the Tournament of Champions 3, which is a contest show, which you don't watch. Mm-hmm. But uh, they had another cooking show, uh, a contest show, the Julia Child's Challenge or something like that. It was also really good. But these shows, they are running them uh, lockstep with uh, broadcast. Fine. In, in some cases, earlier, which really? is great. Yeah, like uh, Tournament of Champions was on that morning. So we would come in and we would, you know, like during the day we would watch it. And, and so we would know who won before it aired. 
which is, you know, actually went to air on the cable network. So they're getting a lot better. Uh, wow. I just wanted to let you know. Well, yeah. it is cheap enough for me to go ahead and subscribe for a month and, and see if the shows that I like are still being done in lockstep with broadcast. Because if so, then Discovery Plus has got themselves a new subscriber, even though it's not technically legally available here in Canada. And I'll have to go through my VPN. But so what? I do that for show slash VPN. Yep. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> And speaking of something I watched through that uh, <laughs> through that VPN, because again, HBO not available in Canada either, uh, mm. I watched uh, the new Bill Maher special, Hashtag Adulting. Why, and? you ask? Because I'm looking for <laughs> <I do>. punishment. <laughs> <laughs> I still watch Real Time with Bill Maher because, it, you know, the guests, basically, not Bill Maher, because Bill Maher has been insufferable. He is one of the celebrities like Adam Carolla that uh, as soon as the pandemic exposed their true colors and they became nutbags, uh, much like 9-11 did Dennis Miller, if you're old enough to remember that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the pandemic has turned Bill Maher into an insufferable asshole that can't shut up about his supposed infringes on his freedom and people making fun of people wearing masks without even slightly questioning questioning family situations or underlying conditions or anything like that. All he does is think you shouldn't be wearing a mask. It's overdone. Take it off. And he basically like berates somebody in the audience. He went to Florida to shoot this special because Florida and he figured, figured oh, nobody will be wearing a mask. And there's a couple people in his audience wearing masks and he yells at them because he's a dick. What a so, dickhead. The one-line review of this, and I agree with this 100%, or actually it's two lines. If you watch real time, then this is like revisiting many of his monologues from recent years. Again, reminder that recent years, Bill Maher has been an insufferable prick. If you don't yeah. watch that, then just picture an old man yelling at a cloud. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Don't bother. No, nah, he's he's been dead to me for so, so long. <laughs> I think I, I, I used to watch him, and then right when we started watch, doing this show was when yeah. I just couldn't take him anymore. So yeah, I stuck again, with him for I, almost a decade longer than I, I have. Again, I still watch real time, but entirely based on the guests. If there's nobody of interest, I won't even watch. Uh, his monologues are horrific, and I just bleh, bleh. ups and doodads. Have a little follow up on some backpack news, Brian. I know mm -hmm. this is exciting stuff. Yes. Uh, I talked on the show a while back about the PGY Tech One Mo Camera backpack mm -hmm. that I got. This monster, it's a 25 liter uh, backpack that it's, it, they say it's meant for drone stuff, but for my camera gear, it's perfect. Laptop bag, sexy, styly, water resistant, the whole nine yards. Love the thing. Problem is it's too big when I want to go to my shiny new office. So I had to go get a smaller bag. <laughs> also, I just want to point out that in the entire history of backpacks, I don't think any backpack could ever be described as sexy. Yes, this one is very sexy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, considering the last backpack that I had, and uh, it, it, it's like me going to the office with a trapper keeper at this point. It's an old uh, Swiss backpack that I got. Oh, I still have one of those. Yep. Yeah. The, th the thing won't die. It looks like it's brand new. But yep. the problem is the styling is from the 90s. So uh, it's not that great. So I figured I would upgrade. And I got the PGY Tech One Go 18 liter camera and drone backpack for men and women. 16 inch laptop backpack for street city urban photographer. Okay. Um, putting a 16 inch back or laptop in this backpack is going to be tough, but uh, the 14 fits nicely. Uh, it's a great little fold over uh, backpack. Uh, can't complain about it. I really, really like it. Um, they've got some uh, cool tech in it to keep it cool. But the, the what I really like is the uh, the arm straps are very stretchy and they're very soft. They don't right. hurt. 
which is a good thing when you had that thing loaded for bear. But I, I was I was going to say that when I bought that Swiss backpack, this is going to date it how long it's been. I was walking down Market Street with Sean Bonner and we were talking about Met blogs because we were still doing that. <laughs> That's about when That's I That's how long too. ago. And it still works perfectly. It's still my day-to-day -day travel bag. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah th this thing doesn't even have threadware on it. I don't know what they make them out of, but oh my god, it's crazy. But yeah, it is my go bag. It's like my it is now set up as the the family go bag when it's time to go because <laughs> that thing will survive an apocalypse. I'm just going to crawl into it when the nukes start <laughs> dropping. And part of the new gear for the office, I got a um, Universal Audio Apollo Solo. Mm -hmm. uh, these are really high end uh, interfaces. Plugins are like top notch, very, very expensive stuff. I figure if I'm setting this thing up for good here in the garage, I just want to set it up to record with a nice setup. So I got that completely underpowered, can only run two plugins before it craps out. So <laughs> sending it back because I used to have the Duo, the Apollo Twin Duo, mm -hmm. that has two DSPs built into the hardware. So it runs all the plugins locally. The Solo, you guessed it, one DSP. Kind of sucks. So as soon as we're done with this show, this thing is going back in the box because I'm recording with it right now and going back to Amazon. And next week we'll be on the duo with the fancy plugins in. So go with that. Um, another thing I got for the office, which turned out to be surprisingly uh, a good buy was the Fazebo L-shaped electric standing desk, 55 inch height adjustable stand up table, sit stand desk with splice board comma black frame slash black top for $349 from Amazon with next day delivery for a cheap standing desk. This thing's great. Cool. It's actually great. It's, it's even better than my uplift desk because it comes with the programmable buttons without having to pay an extra $120. I right. like it. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm still using my Ikea one insert funny name here, whatever they decided to call it. The thing's solid yep. and works great. It's a far from sitting. Yeah. How much was that one? That was that was a pretty cheap one too, right? Yeah, it was maybe five hundred bucks tops, and that's Canada pricing too. So, oh yeah, so it was like they gave you twenty bucks to take it off their hands. Pretty much, yeah. Cool. Yeah, no, for there's a a lot of you know cheap options for standing desks out there because that uplift desk that I got super heavy, super hard to move. That had to come on a industrial delivery truck, like UPS couldn't even carry it because it was so heavy. Mm -hmm. And I've carried that thing around the country. And now I'm like, 350 bucks. These things are disposable now. Pretty <laughs> much, this yeah. thing, <laughs> Spend an hour, put it together. It's not as, you know, not as super duty as some of the other ones. But for just a nice standing sit-stand desk, 350 yeah. bucks, it's worth it. 350 really bucks. That's it. like what you make an hour working at an Apple store these days. Seriously. Seriously, <laughs> man. Um, and to try something new, I got the... Hemudu dual monitor articulating desk mount arm stand vertical stack screen support supports two 13 to 34 inch computer monitors with C clamp 3995. Uh, so now I have two monitors stacked one on top of the other. Okay. Um, I've got a no a human would stack on... books that way. I know exactly. <laughs> That's right. Oh God. It also another theme song uh, name of the movie Ghostbusters. Yep, that is Just true. Saying. That is true. Was that Ray Parker Jr.? Yes, it was. Uh, well, ha. technically, Huey Lewis in the news, depending on the Huey lawsuit. Lewis in the news after, <laughs> yes, after it went to litigation. <laughs> oh, So I've got the small monitor on the bottom and the big monitor on the top. So when I'm recording now, 
on the small monitor, I've got Riverside open watching the um, the recording happen so I can keep an eye on that. And on the second top monitor that is very tall and above uh, where I would normally use a monitor, that's where I've got the show notes. So I'm looking above the microphone for all of the notes in any video that I need to see or websites. And on the bottom, I've got the actual like you know, the nuts and bolts of recording. It's pretty cool. I think this is turning into a pretty nice recording setup. Oh, and by the way, when you when you get a cheap standing desk, they come with wheels, which is awesome. I love wheeled desks. They're the best. I love wheels. <laughs> I just move <laughs> this thing out the way. It's perfect. Um, the one downside is the Rode PSA1 boom arms, which are the de facto booms, which you're probably using right now. I um, am sucks balls for this setup so it also sucks balls for the large samsung monitors that you and i both have because this thing barely clears the top of it <laughs> yeah i don't need well I, mine comes in from the side and i've got it like the the way it's set up is kind of you have to do that with that samsung the other thing you should do with that samsung is buy a low profile arm like i just did i ordered the elgato wave mic arm lp for low profile um it's a hundred bucks uh, my other low-profile boom arm was like 300 bucks. It was an OC White, one of the really expensive ones that is so expensive and so well-built that I can't get it out of my other standing desk to bring it home. So it is forever <laughs> installed in a desk I don't need it in. So I went with a cheap option with the Elgato Wave Mic, which you might want to check out, like I said, because it works really well that you can put on the back and slide under most monitors. So Anybody I am. Podcasting, I, I looked at it and went, I need this and I want to order this. Now, one thing I will say about this website, it, they've done beautiful photography of this uh, low profile mic arm, but yes. you have to scroll almost down to the bottom to actually see it full body in use. Like they've yeah. got all these close ups and I'm like, I, what, what am I even looking at? This does not look yeah. like it. I have scroll, 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 scroll. Close-ups of every joint and every little cable channel and scroll, 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 scroll. Oh, there it is on a desk. That's what it actually looks like. Uh, come on, guys. Uh, front and center, first thing I should see is the full product. Yeah, they need to do an establishing shot first. Yes. So, yeah, for I mean, for the price, I'm willing to roll it. I'll let you know. Now, when I ordered it, they said, you know, I got next day or whatever. They Next day, they sent me the little thing that said, your order is on the way. And I'm like, okay. And you get these all the time now. Mm -hmm. You know, you order yep. something and then your order has shipped. Then you click on the tracking and it's like the the uh, the sender has printed the label, but we don't have a box yet. So we're not going to do anything yet. So you got to wait. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Everywhere. I have, I have a story this about everywhere. this as well. <laughs> so they finally, they it, it finally, I checked it and it shipped and it has been bounced every day this week. It's like, oh, coming tomorrow. Nope. Coming the next day. Coming the next day. So today it should be here theoretically between one and midnight. But right. who knows if it's actually going to show. So, so what's I, your story? <laughs> I needed a new pair of like around the house pants. Like I've been wearing these root sweat pants when I'm just around the house and they've been very comfortable. And I was like, I need something else. I want something a little bit more fashionable. I saw a Facebook ad. This is, I, I already went down the dark path here. I saw a Facebook ad for a Japanese uh, pants. It's a company called Kidoriman. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. I didn't just order it because who you don't just do that. You do not just take a Facebook ad at face value. So I Googled it, legit company. Okay, cool. What these companies really need to do is tell you where their stuff is actually coming from. That would be very helpful information <laughs> from now on. So I placed an order 
Two weeks later, I hadn't even gotten the it's shipping, which is a lie because a label hadn't even been created two weeks later. And I wrote them (laughs) Uh their customer service. No response. I wrote their customer service a second time saying, I want to cancel my order. It's been two and a half weeks. And since you took my money, I'm not expecting you to be Amazon, but two and a half weeks, people at least tell Mm -hmm. me you've gotten you're you're doing so. Are are there pants? I don't know. (laughs) Um, so when I told them that I was going to cancel, when I told them I was going to cancel, they wrote back and said, "We're so sorry." Blah blah blah. You know, pandemic excuses, all that sort of thing. Can you wait another two to three days, and we guarantee you it'll ship at that point? I'm like, fine. Uh, four days later, I got the label is created. Your order is shipped. Bullshit. <laughs> so, yeah. And then another four days after that, now that I've got at least a tracking number, and I I can see that the, nothing's been picked up anywhere, and so. Almost a month after I've ordered this thing, I finally see, okay, it's been picked up. Guess where it was picked up from? Shengju? Wuhan. (laughs) Oh, nice. (laughs) Ground zero for COVID. (laughs) Nice. I'm like, oh, my God. And now it's got to get from Wuhan to Canada. So I don't know if I'm ever getting these pants. And then once they get there, they have to spend at least the next three weeks in quarantine getting washed <laughs> over and over again. Uh, I guarantee you I'm going to wash them like nine times before I wear them if they ever show up. <laughs> I know up. you are. <laughs> Just because we're stupid creatures. I know it. I would too. Uh, I'd be washing the shit out of those. I'm like, I'm not going to be typhoid Mary too. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh my God. Uh, I did. I did try something that I've heard on a bunch of podcasts and always thought was bullshit, but... Uh, I was desperate. I wanted a coupon for the Elgato Wave Mic Arm LP that okay. may or may not ever show up, along with your sweatpants. Uh, I tried Honey, that coupon uh, I, code yep, thing. Yep, I, I installed the Honey uh, browser uh, plugin once about eight years ago, and it sat there for about eight years, and I finally uninstalled it about a year ago because I never used it. I tried it on my <laughs> I tried it on my first go, and it saved me fifteen bucks. Right, so. I'm, I'm cool with it. I'm going to keep keep it, and I'm going to keep trying it. I don't care. It worked. <laughs> I saved 15 bucks. So right. basically, I got free shipping. Maybe there that's why I haven't. Maybe that's it. The honey the honey trap. I don't. <laughs> I, they say you got free shipping out of it, and uh, that's why it never shipped. Yeah. Uh, finally, I got. Uh, I saw this, and I'm just like, no, 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 because we're going to get asked about this, Brian, because we are those types of people. Mm-hmm. Dropbox has released Dropbox passwords, which is no. their attempt at a password manager. No. <laughs> Nope, 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 nope. Not going to do that? <laughs> nope. Just going to tell everybody that's listening right now, nope, nope, nope. GOG.show slash 1Password. That's, that's who we recommend. Dropbox <laughs> passwords. Here's, here's the reason why. 1Password makes one thing. They make 1Password. Dropbox makes a bunch of different things, not None very of which well. work well. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. None of which work well. So just because it, it's an add-on, it is an afterthought for them. It is a marketing ploy to get you to sign up to Dropbox. Yes. I am a Dropbox user. I'm a paid Dropbox user. I give them a lot of money every month to keep my files there and safe. And I still don't trust them with my passwords. That's all I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Skip you it. If anybody asks you about it, tell them no gog.show slash one password and uh, move on from there but do not do not i repeat do not trust dropbox password i have no in, i have no proof that it sucks i haven't tried it i'm just going to tell you that after 30 years in this business this is a stinker right 
So I saw this news story and I thought immediately of you, of course, Jason, because uh, since you've had your stroke, you've been much more health conscious. And your number one uh, health tip for losing weight is to cut your salt and sodium intake, yes. uh, which uh, does have the side effect of, you know, tending to make things more bland than you would, you'd like them to be. But uh, I have a solution for you. Okay. Now, this is from the same guy who uh, invented the lickable TV, which we did mention on the show when that made the news. And that, uh, you know, that's up to you. If you, what you, what you and your TV do at the depths of the night. Privacy is, of your own home. <laughs> be my guest. Uh, be my guest. But I'm interested in these as well. Uh, he has developed a set of electric chopsticks that claim they can enhance the taste of salt. So it uses a wristband computer and electrical stimulation to transmit sodium ions from food to the eater's mouth, according to uh, the, the people that are developing this. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it. Uh, researchers say the chopsticks can enhance the perceived saltiness of low sodium foods by around one point five times. So there hmm. you go. Now, uh, interestingly enough, I mentioned this to my wife and we. we <laughs> We barely use any salt in our cooking as well. Like we're very low, yeah. low salt people. We don't add salt to things. We use less than recipes usually suggest. And th then we noticed one day our son was like licking these French fries. At, we were out of the <laughs> restaurant and he was like, that tastes so good. I don't, un I just want to lick the French fries. And we were like, holy shit. No wonder Lucas never likes to eat at home. <laughs> he needs salt. He wants more salt <laughs> on his food. We barely put any in, so maybe I should get these chopsticks for him too. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, but you you do know that you need salt to survive, right? <laughs> well, I, we don't use no salt, but we're just kind of a low salt people. <laughs> Apparently not our son. At the library. So I finished The Broken Room by Peter Kleins. All right. And uh, just wanted to follow back up. I, w I was satisfied with the ending. I thought it was a, a satisfactory conclusion, personally. That's all we need. Yep, that's it. Now, it's, I mean, there's it's definitely sci-fi. There's some good sci-fi bits in there. There's also action and adventure. So I like that, too. So, yeah, all in all, I thought it was a well-balanced book. And uh, all right. I give it a thumbs up. Excellent. I'm still working my way through a sci-fi book. Hopefully I'll be done next week. But I did see this in the news. I have always been a big fan of Roland's musical instruments. I had quite a few of them myself. Uh, used them to make my one album. And they're putting out a big, gigantic coffee table book to celebrate their 50 years in the uh, music industry. This looks pretty cool. It's a 400-page book that delves into tech, people, and culture behind the company. Has a bunch of uh, artists talk about stuff. Um you know, total gear porn pictures of a bunch of their old synths and all that sort of stuff. So it looks pretty cool. But the one notable th thing that came out of this is this entire company that publishes these books, and they're called Bajooks, uh, basically came to prominence through Kickstarter. They wanted to make sure that they got the money to do these gigantic, you know, coffee table books first, and then they did and made them. And now they're a full-on regular company. So good for them. Oh, how very, very cool. Mm -hmm. Um, I do have a coffee table book too, that I got that I'm, I am, I'm dying to get down the time to sit through. It's called skate by, uh, Grant Britton or J Grant Britain, if you actually read it, but <laughs> he just goes by Grant Britton. He was the photographer for skateboarding from the beginning. He used to work at Del Mar skate ranch and is just, he's the guy. When I was starting out in photography, I wrote him a letter and said how much I love his stuff. So he gave me some encouragement and, uh, put my first photograph from my first roll of film ever in a trans world skateboarding. So Go get his book. 
if you like skateboarding photography because you'll know 99% of everything that's in here because this is all the stuff from the magazines back in the day in one convenient location. Well worth the buy. It is beautiful. Cool. I love coffee table books. We need more of them. Moron of the Week! It has been an interesting week in NFTs out there, Brian. I don't know if you've noticed. I tried not to pay any attention anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. It's hard not to. Though. It it's is everywhere. Hard. Yes, it's everywhere. Tony Hawk launched an NFT line this week. Tim Ferriss launched his first NFT, which made me weep inside a lot. Um, <laughs> but he's friends with Kevin Rose, who is, you know, up in the NFT world. He probably Kevin Rose probably made another twenty million last week on NFTs, which just. Tears me up inside. I used to like the guy. Damn it. <laughs> anyway, uh, Wolf of Crypto is a new article by, uh, or uh, in the New York Times. It talks about Jordan Belfort. Now, if you know something is, is scammy, it's because Jordan Belfort is involved. And uh, he used to hate crypto. Now he loves it because he can get people to drop uh, a shit ton of money to come to his house since he knows everything there is to know about crypto now. And he will teach you. Right. For a lot of money. Okay. Yay. But in that, I got to a video called If Wolf of Wall Street Were About Crypto. Now, did you get a chance to watch this? I did not watch it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, couldn't, okay. I couldn't do it. <laughs> oh, man, you missed out. But you've seen Wolf of Wall Street, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's a very good parody. But it basically just comes down to uh, the guys yelling at each other going, we don't make anything. We don't make anything. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's pretty it's, – it's well worth a, like, two-minute watch. All right. In the video by the same guy – uh, was pretty good too. And it's, uh, it's basically called, and if every NFT projects be like, and it kind of runs down how this stuff generally works. So mm -hmm. in a very funny way though, you gotta, you just gotta watch it. I can't explain it. You just gotta watch it. And, right. uh, Elon Musk back is more of the week. Just yep. not, not so much because of the Twitter shit. I'm, I'm sick and tired of the Twitter shit. Do whatever you want to. I don't care. It's this interview he gave it, Ted. Mm -hmm. Did you watch this interview? Yeah. The whole thing? Yeah. Not good. So yeah, this was not a good interview. About 10 minutes in, he starts back like backpacing on self-driving cars and said, yeah, it's a little hard. I think what we're going to do first is we're just going to solve general AI. Yeah, that's easier. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If I was anywhere near a wall at that point, I would have put my head through it. And he just goes on to, you know, backtrack on all of his predictions saying, yeah, yeah. It's a prediction. Sometimes they're wrong. Nobody talks about the ones I got right. Well, the ones you got wrong are pretty big. So, you know, let's just let's kind of stick with that because you are charging people a lot of money for something that doesn't exist. Let's not bury the lead here. Fully self-driving is not free. So and it doesn't do what you said it's going to do. So, yeah, you're back in more on the week just because of that interview. I mean, I like his optimism for the future. We need that. He's like, everything's going to be great. We're going to have a yep. lot of energy. It's going to be, you know, unicorns, rainbows, and, you know, farting butterflies. But that's all he gets to. It's just like, yeah, we're going to fix energy. We're going to make general purpose AI so we can drive. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, no, it's the whole thing is just, I'm like, what? He, he has gone to, he's already at Mars. He, he's already gone to Mars. I don't know where his head's at, but... He's he's becoming unhinged rapidly, I think. Uh, becoming, he is unhinged. End of story. Uh, there's always look, man. If if four years of Trump will tell me something, there's always another level. There's That's always true. another level. <laughs> That's true. There's a, there's another level of self driving unhinged to come. There is. 
There is. And uh, Binance, one of the crypto exchanges, is in the news this week again. Uh, apparently, you can get a branded hashtag at Twitter. I didn't know okay. this. Did you know this, Brian? I did not. No. Yeah. You know why? Because we don't have a million dollars to throw around for a custom branded hashtag. But Binance does. Hmm. And their custom hashtag that they designed that went out was Basically, they say it resemble closely resembles a swastika. No, it's a swastika. That's it. That's it. It's swastika. Yeah. You're good. Yep. There you go. Um, and, you know, this wouldn't be a thing if they hadn't already used the Star of David on another piece of art that they did and got slammed for that one. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't think we're I don't think Binance runs out of Wokistan if if you get catch my drift. <laughs> no. Security? Ha! Joining us today is Dave Bittner. Dave is the host of the CyberWire podcast, co-host of the social engineering podcast, Hacking Humans with Joe Kerrigan. And finally, he's the co-host of Caveat with Ben Yellen, where they discuss law and policy and surveillance and privacy. And this week, they talked about... What did you talk about this week, Dave? Oh, golly. You put me on the spot. Uh, let's see. On Caveat? <laughs> I don't uh, listen to my own see. shows. <laughs> I, well, you know, uh, we've talked about this before here, that how things just sort of flow through mm -hmm. your brain. Yep. Yes, um, they do let, when you're on the show. Yes. <laughs> uh, we talked I've already about, forgotten uh, what I've asked you. Shit. Actually, we talked about one of the stories that I see you guys are covering, which was uh, that um, the uh, what is it, the Ninth Circuit declared uh, scraping legal on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, so there's and, that. And there's the Ukrainian soldiers using Clearview mm -hmm. AI. Right. To uh, right. get the uh, the uh, the faces of the soldiers and then write to their mothers. Right. And yeah. To what degree a, is that out of bounds? <laughs> that's a tricky one. That's a very tricky one because, you know, right now, is there anything that's out of bounds for Ukraine? Because they're kind of getting, I don't know, slaughtered? Yeah. It reminds me of the, the stories, you know, we were told growing up here uh, to, to, and to what degree they're true, you know, like George Washington probably didn't actually cut down the cherry tree. But, um, you know, how the during the Revolutionary War, how uh, the Brits lined up in straight rows and the rebels would you know, hide behind trees and right. around hills and things like that. So I, I think it's a similar kind of thing for Ukraine where – Whatever it takes, and they seem to be effective. So yeah, you use them. the you use the tools you have, and mm -hmm. and it, it, what gets me what what bugged me with what Ben was was kind of the the way he was treating it was that it was across it was they were crossing a line is what it came mm -hmm. across to me it was and it sounded like you kind of agreed with them. Is that true or no? Um, well, I guess my concern is that it's because it's psychological warfare. Um, the mothers are civilians. So is it fair game in a wartime situation to bring noncombatants into this to, using psychological warfare? That's the big picture question that I have about it. Because I look at it and I think, well, the Russians, how many civilians have they killed in the Ukraine? So they kind of, you know, any hopes of trying to not bring in civilians, they cross that line. So seems like True. the gloves are off. So the Ukrainians should have carte blanche to do whatever they want as long as the Russians have done it first. An eye for an eye, Jason, an eye for an eye. Yes. And? <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Yeah. I just, I, I was finding myself getting angered 
<laughs> listening to caveat, which I guess is a oh, sign wow. of a good show that you have. Uh, you, you know, you can <laughs> right, you can spark ben, emotion. We have a caller. Uh, Jason's on the line. <laughs> Jason, what do you have to say? First time caller. Uh, what do you have to say, Jason? First time, long time. <laughs> uh, you guys are assholes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you guys are idiots. <laughs> look, 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 You're man! Totally I'm a big, wrong. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. I listen to you every day. I grew up with you guys. You, you, you totally like you know shaped me during my childhood. But fuck you guys! You're stupid. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's fair. Have you been reading our uh, our mail again, Jason? Because you got a lot of those. <laughs> must have. Must have. <laughs> Why start now? Yeah. yeah. Seriously. Okay. I just I, I just wanted to hear your side of it. I'm just I'm because I was I thought it was clever. I'm like, okay, Clearview, I don't like, but if they're there and we can't get around them and you're in a sticky situation, use them. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with you that, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I see the utility of it and I think it's effective. Um, so on that side of things, I, I, I agree with you that if it's working and it brings an end to this war, then that's a good thing, or it makes the war end more quickly, then that's a good thing, puts pressure on Putin and his cronies. Um, but, but then backing off from the, you know, 50,000 foot view of what does this mean for the future of warfare? I think the big question is, is it fair to bring non-combatants into something like this so directly using psychological warfare? And I think there's a case to be made that that should be out of bounds, but you know, it's certainly something to argue and discuss. Yep. Yep. And here's the, here's the other side of it. I can, I can write a screenplay for this right now. Uh, Clearview gets <laughs> Clearview gets the faces wrong, and they send the emails yeah. to the wrong mothers. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, I always think about that scene in uh, Saving Private Ryan, you know, where the mother gets <laughs> the the guys come and visit her, and you know, yeah. uh, just it makes me weepy thinking about it. Um, you know, same sort of thing. What if you have siblings, or dare I say, twins, twins for your yeah. movie? You know, um, yeah. It's not perfect, but it's effective. (laughs) Moving on. Barrett writes in, finally spent some time to switch to Vivaldi on my computers today. Chrome on my work Mac had so many corporate managed plugins added that it had been way too slow lately. Thankfully, they can't touch Vivaldi. Works perfectly. (laughs) Only took a few minutes to set up. Thanks, guys. So we have a, a new convert to Vivaldi. I will add to this that just earlier today, I was doing an interview with a, a CEO from a corporation and uh, his security folks had locked down his instance of Chrome so much that he could not log into Riverside or couldn't, he could not get his microphone to access Riverside. Uh, I've seen that, um, yeah. Such yeah, which, and so uh, – and of course, lucky, luckily, everyone else on the call could, so he knew it was him, but – He's the boss, so you know the pressure that that puts on everybody. Um, yeah. So he ended up, you know, loading up a different Chromium browser that uh, didn't have the lockdowns on it, and it all worked fine. So c- congratulations, Barrett. Yep. And 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 beep 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 beep. Barrett must be listening to us because he actually just wrote in as you were replying to his email with a new email. Um, oh. This is breaking news. CNN Plus is shutting down just weeks after it launched. Wow. Bye bye. That was yeah. fast. I mean, that was fast. And uh, of course, Barrett asks, "How many Scaramucci's was that?" I have to do math <laughs> on that. That's good. Oh man, I, <laughs> they didn't want to become another Quibi. I can't blame them. I can't. Blame I just them. don't know what the value proposition was in it. I, it left me scratching my head. Yeah, me too. You know, the the pitch was news, and then it was just more opinion shows, and 
isn't that CNN? What's the plus about this? We're just going to pay for extra. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's no shortage of, of that being available for free. So, mm-hmm. again, what was the value proposition? Why, why should I pay for this? Pay a bunch of shows that aren't good enough to make it to the main channel? Sure. Why not? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. 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 You know, if they were good enough, they'd be on CNN. Just right. Saying. All right. Uh, James from hell. Sorry. I mean, Florida writes in. Hey, Brian and Jason. So a few episodes back, Mr. Bittner raved about his Pluto pillow so positively that I had to get one to try. Well, holy fuck, it is the best goddamn pillow ever. <laughs> Dave needs to Dave needs to drop the cybersecurity podcast bullshit and hitch his wagon to podcasts about pillows because the man is an expert. There you go. I'm like the princess go. of the P and the P when it comes to uh you, could, you had me a princess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did I lose you at P? <laughs> different kind of different kind of show, guys. Different kind of show. Right. Uh, I have to say that in full disclosure, after we had our segment here about Pluto pillows, um, I think it was because you, Jason, tagged them in your social media promoting the show. That'd be Brian. A few days later, I got a gift basket at my house. From Pluto Pillows. How, Hang on, I, I did say, the how work did they there. Know where you lived, but <laughs> that you, since you ordered, I guess. Yeah, well, that was it, right? They, I guess, they cross-referenced it with the pillow that I ordered, and they <laughs> sent me a basket, and they said, "Thank you for your kind words on the podcast. We appreciate it. We're happy you're." So I just want to again. I have nothing to do with Pluto Pillow. I have no deal with them. I have. Uh-huh. I'm not. You know. I'm just a satisfied customer. But uh, that didn't keep them from sending me stuff to keep promoting them. So here does, we are. It <laughs> does feel a, a bit like a GDPR violation was going on there. I, I'm I don't know, sure. Brian. Big Pillow well, that's has why the I'm ways. Disclosing it. You have to, yeah, that's you have why to watch I'm out for Big Pillow. It. That's right. Yeah, Big Pillow. They're 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 lulling me to sleep and uh, <laughs> making me do their bidding by uh, by providing me with uh, with a good night's sleep. But yeah. I, I, I agree. I would like to- I would like to point out to Pluto Pillows that Dave is a guest on the show. <laughs> yeah, the, the main people here do not I, have Pluto Pillows. I'm just saying. I, we could maybe yeah. try them out. <laughs> More than oh, happy to. All right. Right. So so see how quickly we turn here. You give me shit for getting a gift basket, and then the ask comes. No, it was just send jealousy. Us your $100 pillows. It was, <laughs> it was jealousy, jealousy that we got nothing. Yeah. All we right. provide the platform, and we get bupkis. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's yep. true. Well, let me say, Pluto makes a fine pillow, and okay, uh, as... <laughs> okay, that's gog.com/slash Pluto pillow. There's nothing there. Oh. Okay, I gotta so... say that the the shit Dave bought se- se- section of the show has got more traction than anything we've done in a long time. So, Dave, that's go true. buy some more stuff. This is actually this is gold. All right. All right. All right. Well, let's cast back our minds to uh, maybe a month, no, probably two months ago now that we talked about Dave and I uh, expressed our frustrations with our smart home setups and trying to get everything going mm. and uh, the multi-million dollar solutions people were offering us and, and customer service travails. And I have an update. Uh, as I left off, it was uh, it was my Roomba, my soundbar and my one of my two TVs. That would not connect uh, the Roomba. Basically, the customer service came down to you need to take this thing completely apart, rebuild it, go down to Radio Shack, get some parts, blah, blah, blah. And I just said that one that that one I'm going to let go of because the Roomba is old anyways. At some point, I'll get a new one and that will connect. And it still gnaws at me. 
late at night. I think this is not connected and it bothers me, but I'm letting that one go. Um, <laughs> the sound bar was left with your sound bar is too old, even though it's only four years old and you're uh, shit out mm -hmm. of luck there. Uh, the TV was confusing because they kept telling me that I had an American account and Canadian TVs and they wouldn't connect yet. One of the TVs connected just fine and the other TV won't connect and they're the exact same model. And I got frustrated and these emails just kind of sat in my inbox uh, for the last two months and I just tried not to think about it. And uh, the other night, randomly, after maybe a bottle, liberal bottle of wine, uh, I, I just uh, accidentally, I wasn't even trying to launch the Samsung SmartThings app, but I, I launched it. And lo and behold, all of the stuff just appeared. It was able what? to be found really? and connected. No changes were ever made to anything. I didn't follow any of the insane customer service last ditch efforts that they sent me that didn't make any sense. Everything is just connected now. Because you turned what off the app and turned this? it back on. Because I let the app sit there for a month and a half, I guess. I don't know. There was, <laughs> I, it makes no sense at all, I, but I will not say anything bad about it because right now everything is connected. And you know what? I've not tried to do anything with it once, but it is connected. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, I have noticed... Um, in the with with my devices at home, I used to have to t very often it would take more than one try to get lights to respond mm -hmm. to a command on my phone, yeah. and I've noticed in the past couple of weeks that it's much more reliable. Like it, it just works now. Like one one thing, you know, uh, I hit the button and the lights change rather than having to hit the button, wait for it to come back and say, <laughs> "Well, that didn't work," and then hit the button again and have it work. Right. So something's maybe something is going on behind the scenes there with an app update or something. But I'm, now I'm going to have to go check my things and see <laughs> if they're just uh, showing up or not. That's very uh, interesting. Yeah, it was. It was just uh, I, I just walked upstairs and my wife looked at me and said, "What's wrong?" And I'm like, "Nothing's wrong, but things are right." And there's no reason for it. And it makes no <laughs> That's sense. Just no, wrong. I don't know how to deal with this. Right. <laughs> yes. So I, I can't say yay Samsung because no, but yay. Okay. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Okay. Well, don't don't jinx it. I'm, you nope. shouldn't have even told us about it. You should have kept it to yourself. hundred percent is not going to work tonight. I know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dave, we had hot cable talk a couple episodes ago. Yeah. I went out and uh, I, I'm so frustrated with these boxes of cables that I have now because I'm, I'm doing the purge that, that we talked mm -hmm. about. I'm going mm -hmm. through the the process and I'm finding that I have a lot of USB-C cables that are crap. And mm. this is a question for you and Brian and the listening audience. Mm -hmm. Are there any utilities out there that we can get for the Mac to test what an actual cable is? So if I plug in a USB-C cable that I can te like tell if it is just data or whatever or like you know what level of USB-C is it is it actually a thunderbolt cable and the thing ran off i don't know it drives me crazy and i can't find a way to figure that out so uh do you guys have you guys ever played with that or tried to figure it out no, no. i haven't and i'm i think mainly because um i'm still running a really old laptop uh, i have a oh. an m1 i have a i have an m1 mac mini here in the studio which is what i'm using to connect with you all here today but my other ports. computer, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and my other computer is uh, like a 2015 MacBook Pro, which will be replaced sometime this year. But um, so that doesn't have USB-C, so I'm not really deep into that world yet. 
Do the yeah. cables not have any sort of uh, marking on them by no. the plug? I thought that was supposed to be a thing. <laughs> I guess. I, I guess. Yeah, I know. Hmm. No, no, no. Not once I had to make the the jump to USB C land. It really happens when you get a laptop. That's when you just need them. Um, right. Because I'm I'm actually in this new home setup that I'm putting together. I'm using uh, my in the last Intel Mac Mini that I had with all the ports on it, which is great. Mm-hmm. Loaded with mm-hmm. 64 gig of RAM and all all nice. But uh, yeah, I just I, I've got all these cables because I'm redoing everything, and it's just like I don't know what works and what doesn't. Because there's nothing more frustrating than trying to fit. Like you bring one cable to the office, plug in your hard drive, and you realize you got a bum cable. It's like, oh man, really? <laughs> So, yeah, just trying to. And figure back in out the, the day, I remember having cable testers. You remember those? You yeah, know, like mm. just for all. But cables were a lot simpler back then, <laughs> right? <laughs> and you didn't have half a dozen different versions of a cable that all had the same connection on them. And that is a good question. And all have mm-hmm. microchips and shit in them. And, you know, it's like, and how can I tell which ones have my you know my Trojan horses in them and which ones have my keyloggers in them? I can't. It's they. they you can't tell anymore. They all look the right. same. No. I feel as though it's one of those things kind of like um, the promise of uh, online advertising that it was supposed to be, you know, well, you'll only see ads that are focused for you and that'll make everything better. And at first blush, that sounds like a great idea. And then, of course, we realized over time the hellscape that it became. Oh, real and quick, I feel real, like... before, before you go any further, yesterday after I was testing my AT&T internet on speedtest.net, there were six ads that were completely around – the the actual main thing all of them were for AT&T fiber which i was testing <laughs> that i just bought <laughs> right right exactly <laughs> here's right. the here's so all, yeah all the ads you get for a new car right after you've purchased yes. a new car that mm-hmm. makes yep. a lot of sense and it yeah. says right as i connect you are connecting from AT&T fiber los angeles <laughs> have some AT&T fiber ads thanks guys uh, yep so you were saying but about I the hellscape of advertising. No, but I think it's similar with USB-C where the, it, at, at first blush it sounded like this is a great idea. One connector to rule them all and they'll all just work and and you'll be able to plug anything into anything. But now who knows what that cable does or does not do or what it's capable yep. of. Um, yep. There was that whole thing a couple of weeks ago about the um, – I guess Apple has a – what is it? A two-meter long uh, Thunderbolt 4 cable that's yeah. 120 bucks. Yep. And um, people were saying, this is crazy. Oh, the good old, there's a good old Apple again with a $120 cable. But then other people were chiming in and saying, no, you don't understand. For, the, for a cable that's doing everything this cable's doing at the, the length that this cable is, it's yeah. worth what they're asking. There's <laughs> a lot the going on in this cable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To be able to carry those signals at that speed, at that distance. This isn't just a cable. There's there's guts in there. So right. I don't if, it, know. if it can go that fast without any bits falling off, then it's worth the money. Right, bursting into flames or melting down <laughs> on your desk. What you what you have seen? Amazon USB C, Amazon Basics USB C cables do tend to do. I've yeah, I've seen cables throw yep. some sparks for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So I just bought a bunch of Anchor Thunderbolt <laughs> cables to test those out. So now I'm in because I don't want to spend the Apple money if I can can afford it. But yeah. Right. But, you know, some things like this new, you know, I'm putting a $2,000 interface into a computer. It's like, why would I put a $5 cable in between, you know? Right. So I guess I'll guess we'll right. go the Apple route. But, yeah, if anybody has any kind of like utility or something or any hardware that we can plug things into, it's just worth it to save the time to figure this out So before mm-hmm. I throw, <laughs> throw them all away. I'd like to throw away the bad ones this time. 
if possible. <laughs> I actually just got rid of my entire box when I moved. And, I, and thus far, of course, you know, now tonight I'm going to need something. But uh, so far, so good. Hasn't been a problem. Yeah. So you could consider just chucking them. You know, you know how much money <laughs> I invest in this cable box. <laughs> Is the, what is it? Is it the sunk cost fallacy that yes, we're talking exactly. about? Yes, exactly. Yes, it's the sunk exactly. cost fallacy. <laughs> but also, if I, I don't want to throw away a $70 Thunderbolt cable on accident. Because, you right. know, in the old days, it's like, oh, I'll throw them away and just buy new. No, you don't They're do so that expensive anymore. expensive now, yeah. Yeah, you just yeah. can't do that. True. That's the thing. True. Yep. Very true. Uh, so I use Cloudflare a lot at my new job. A lot of stuff is run through there. And I was going through some of the documentation to kind of figure out how to do a couple of things. Uh, just not that, I, not that it's my job to do them, but just to know how to do them. So if need be, if other people were out, I could take care of things. And I stumbled across their DNS service, 1.1.1.1. Catchy name there. I know we've talked about it before. I think we talked about it when they first launched it. And it was always kind of in the back of my mind. Oh, I should really look at doing something with my DNS instead of using the you know bog standard ones that our ISPs provide. And I wanted to ask you guys if you use anything and what you do use. And is is this something I should be using? Am I Am I being an idiot just not bothering to change my DNS? What's going on here? Well, I think, first of all, there are several services out there. Uh, Google has one. Uh, I think Google's is 8.8.8.8, I believe. Yeah, primary sure. is 8.8.8.8, and then the secondary is 8.8.4.4. Okay. Um, so Cloudflare's is excellent. As they say, theirs is very fast. So if uh, shaving a few milliseconds off of your search times uh, is something that matters to you, then Cloudflare, I think, is generally regarded as being the fastest one out there. I don't mm -hmm. know how much that makes a difference in a normal user's everyday life, but it adds up, I suppose. Um, I use one called Quad9, which is, wait for it, 9.9.9.9. <laughs> Catchy um, names, these guys. Yep. Yeah, and what Quad9 does is they basically have their own filtering list of trying to keep you out of trouble when it comes to wandering into the bad neighborhoods of the internet, mm -hmm. um, keeping you away from them and, you know, shady advertisers and so on and so forth, of just intercepting those DNS requests so you don't even see them. Right. Um, you know, that could be problematic if because you want to be somewhat shady. Filtering if you, yeah, if you <laughs> want to see something. But um, so that's the one I use. It's free. I haven't noticed any speed issues or anything like that. Uh, but there are plenty of them around there. There are services that do this that you can pay for, mm -hmm. uh, basically a version for um, like uh, parental monitoring, that sort of thing. And you can, you can dial in the degree to which you want to block things at the DNS level. Right. Yeah, for the most part, I've been uh, – I switched over to Google a while back, but I did have some issues with them. Uh, I use OpenDNS because those guys mm -hmm. were uh, – when they first started, we were in the we were next to each other in the incubator. So I knew those guys when they were starting, and they're really cool. So I like to keep them going, but then they got bought by Cisco, so they cashed out. And I'm like, okay. But the service still works fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah. I haven't had any one. problems yep. with OpenDNS at all. Uh, I'm curious about Quad9, though. Um, how do they stay in business if they have, is that just, just the parental stuff is what they really kind of bring in? Uh, that's a good question. I don't remember. I've been using them so long that, uh, I, I know when I originally looked into them, um, 
you know, I, I looked into how are they making money because I didn't want to be the product, of course. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. But I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, oh, they are a nonprofit. They have, so they, have, they rely on grants and partnerships. Yeah. So yeah, there you I go. Just, just found that. <laughs> yeah, IBM, yep. Packet Clearinghouse, Global Cyber Alliance, Switch, Global Secure Layer, and i3d.net uh, are big uh, people who fund them. So, okay, they've got corporate funding, so that's fine. I, got, mm -hmm. I just didn't want this to be another grassroots thing. I was like, oh, God. Or a, even, even <laughs> right. worse, a honeypot. Well, yes, exactly. Right. It's free, but it's provided by China. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for the info. That means I will give one of these a go. Yep. Yep. Uh, story that I wanted to share this week. Uh, we had an uh, interesting announcement uh, from the Five Eyes. Uh, which is what the U.S., New Zealand, Canada, the U.K., and Australia. Um, Got it. And one. it was a joint. I did. Yeah. Thank you very much. I usually, I don't know. I, I guess I usually forget New Zealand. Yeah, they're but, easy to um, forget. <laughs> so beautiful. I'm just kidding, guys. Here I'm kidding. The guys. emails. Please don't I write know. in. Please don't write in. We we love your country, and it was gorgeous in the Lord of the Rings. And we hope <laughs> to all visit someday when you allow strangers back in your beautiful, wonderful nation. Please make it soon. Um, <laughs> we would like to get out. <laughs> that's right. So this announcement um, comes as a joint announcement from them being led on the U.S. by CISA, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, and the FBI and the NSA, um, basically saying, hey, uh, uh, critical infrastructure folks, we have credible evidence and intelligence that the Russians are could be coming after uh, your stuff. So really, we're not kidding when we say shields up. Mm -hmm. um, take this seriously, do the things you need to do, and uh, batten down the hatches. Um, really what's noteworthy about this is that it came from the five eyes. That doesn't happen very often to have them all announce something together as a group and say we're taking this seriously. And also the fact that they have said that it's not just – oh, you should do this because it's a good idea and perhaps something could happen with Russia because of what's going on with Russia and Ukraine. No, they're saying we actually have intel that's saying, seriously, do your stuff. You know, be, be careful because it's it's a dangerous world out there. So noteworthy for that. Well, with that uh, that bombshell of an announcement, we lost Brian. So <laughs> he just couldn't take it. He's, he's, he's going. He's, yeah, he's battening down the hatches. He's like, oh, right, I, I got to go. Right, he's patching his TV and sound bar just in case. Because he's trying for to him, catch that's the Roomba so he can catch it. <laughs> right. He's chasing the Roomba around the house. Right. Right. All right. Well, thanks for stopping by, Dave. And go go, go buy some new stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm going to build a pillow fort out of uh, Pluto pillows. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it was a good week over at Patreon. Stephen, Nolan, Luke, Davy or Davi, and Lisa, Lisa Lou. Uh, thanks with the names. Uh, they've all signed up on Patreon, and you can too. But thanks, everybody, for joining us. And just a reminder, if you do sign up for Patreon, you do get the shows as soon as they're done, which could be a couple hours early or at the same time, depending on the week. Uh, <laughs> but they also are ad-free and in high res. So, yep. just saying, and it, sign up. It was nice to see a tick up on Patreon. So thank you all so much. Over at PayPal, we had Dag, Nathaniel, John, Andre, Tom, Michelle, another Tom, John, Ramsey, Joseph, Andrew, and Jason with a big old $50 PayPal payment. Thank you. 
Thank you, Jason. And over at Stripe, we've got Sean, David, Ross, and Karen. See, not all Karens are bad. Right. Just most of them. <laughs> Only the ones at Red Lobster. And uh, <laughs> I got a big shout out to my friend, Calby Monday. He has uh, opened his ceramic store at Monday Ceramics. He launched this little Cupid doll collection that's pretty cool. He does all of the ceramics by hand. Calby has always, I, I met him when we were like, 14. I've been a friend with him my whole life. Mm -hmm. And he's a, he was a photographer, a very good music photographer back in the day, but now he does all random hobbies. And this is his latest hobby and he's actually pretty good at it. So go check it out and pick up a Cupie. They're kind of like NFTs if NFTs were real and collectible. Physical. Yeah. Check them out. <laughs> they are physical. Yes. And uh, belated happy birthday to our man, Dr. David Teeter. I, uh, I meant to put this in last week, but I missed it. So happy belated birthday, my man. Miss you. Love you. Happy birthday. Until next time, I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. If you enjoy the show, visit GOG.show slash donate to help us keep the lights on and we'll love you forever. You can also help us out by sharing the show with your friends and enemies. It's easy and absolutely free. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 550. And there you can find links to everything we talked about in this episode, as well as links to our swag and Discord channel if you want to buy some stuff or chat with us and other show fans. You can also head over to GOG.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash review and toss us a snarky review and preferably five stars. Stay grumpy.